You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Hello. Nice to be here with you for today's podcast. It's a solo podcast today. It's just me rambling on to you like I always am. And it might be a very long one, but it's one that I really wanted to do because it's about what I learned in my last launch. And the launch has only just finished. And it's really important to me that I teach others the things that went right and wrong <laughs> from my launches because it's the best way for people to learn. And things change all the time. And if I leave it even a month, I will forget all of the things that I learned in my last launch. And it's why we as a team, every time we do any kind of launch, we evaluate straight away because you can forget really easily. Life goes on and business goes on. But actually everything you learn from your launch, if you put that into practice on your next launch, it's why your next launch is even better than the last one. And, and you go up and up and up. That, and that's what I've always done. So let's talk about what the launch was for. So we decided to do a launch to get new members into our membership. We'd rebranded the membership. So it was called the GSD Society for a long time. And we rebranded it to a membership called You Can Sit With Us that was a lot more open. It was more diverse. We allowed men to come in for the first time. We made it a bit more salesy. So you're allowed to sell in the membership on certain threads, more networking opportunities, challenges, things like that. So it was quite different to how it had been. So we wanted to do, I don't normally do a launch for the membership. We just have a wait list and we let people in that way. And so we always have somewhere between 800 and 1,000 members in because of that. But this time, I really wanted to do a launch just because we were changing it so much. And I wanted to explain to people why. So we decided to do a festival style launch, which I hadn't done before. I'd done lots of other different ways, like summits and challenges for different types of courses and programs that I'd put out there. But I hadn't done a festival style one. I'd been wanting to do one for a long time. And because I teach launching, I like to test all the different types of launches and kind of see what's working well each year. So I do this with my own launches, like we'll test three or four. And I'll also do it with my clients' launches. We'll say what, what's going well. You know, I have over 3,000 clients at any one time. So I'm always able to see the launches that are hitting the mark and the ones that aren't each year and what's coming up and what the trends are because I can see what my clients are doing. And so it gives me a, a good feel for what will work. So by doing a festival launch, it was able to give us like a, a way to teach other people what worked with a festival, whether I'd do it again, you know, how I would do it and that kind of thing. So we gave it a go. So the goal for this particular membership was to get 250 extra people in. We didn't want to use ads for this launch at all. So we didn't use any, any Facebook ads. We just wanted to do it organically. And we didn't want to use affiliates either. So it was just going to be, you know, a completely organic old style, like I used to do four years ago, kind of launch just to get people in the membership. Just to see if we could do it really, because we haven't done much organic recently. We're using Facebook ads to grow lists and using it on our launches at the moment. And it's always nice to stop and see whether actually, if you were to do an organic launch again, would it actually work? And how are things working when you compare them to using ads? So 250 is what we wanted. 
so how did we talk about the festival? We put it all over our social media channels. I did a bonus podcast just about the festival to get people onto the festival. And we also emailed our list, I think quite a few times, like three or four times to talk about that the festival was coming up. So what did we learn? Well, the festival itself was great. We wanted to show the inside of the membership, outside the membership, so that people could see what it was like to be in. And I know that with a membership, you can't show everything inside it. It wouldn't be fair to the people that are in it for a start, but you can't because a community grows by the fact that they're all in there together for a long period of time. So, you know, you can't really show what a membership is like, especially a community as tight as you can sit with us is from the outside. But I thought we could show a few things that we sometimes do inside the membership outside. So we got all the associate coaches that we have in there. We've got like 10 associate coaches now who train in there every single month. We got them to come out and do their training outside on one of the stages for the festival, the virtual stages, we should say. We had clinics in there, so like copy clinics, Instagram reviews, kind of things that were things that people could actually take information from straight away and go and implement, go and do it themselves. Because I got a bit bored of summits recently because I've been on so many, I think. And because of that, I don't want to just sit there and watch training after training after training and fill in notebooks. I want to be able to listen to what someone says and then go and do it straight away. And with things like copy clinics and Instagram clinics and branding clinics, you can see what they've done and go and do it and make the change straight away in your business. So I really wanted to do that. So we had some of that. We also had my weekly lunch with Lisa, which I do every week inside the membership. We bought that outside the membership and did it in the pop-up group. And we had a pub quiz as well, because a lot of what we do in You Can Sit With Us is about the social aspect. You know what it's like when you work for yourself. It can feel sometimes like you're just working on your own. And I miss that kind of camaraderie of having people in an office. So we always do things like pub quizzes, just things where it's not just about us. It's about the whole family getting together. So we did all of that. We did it in a Facebook group that we only opened a couple of days before. How we worded it was there's going to be an implementation stage with some things on that over a period of two days. There is going to be an education stage, so where people would learn things, and there's going to be an entertainment stage where it'd be more of the fun things. We had things on there like tarot, and we had med how to meditate for beginners. We had the pub quiz, that kind of stuff. But all of it, other than the networking sessions and the pub quiz, were done in the Facebook group. Networking sessions and the pub quiz were done on Zoom because it just doesn't work on a Facebook group. So first off, what I'm going to tell you is that we didn't hit our target. And I'm quite proud to say it because I think people constantly look at me and think that I hit every target going and think that, you know, I never fail in a launch or whatever. I don't believe in failure, but, you know, I, I never don't go above and beyond in a launch of, of targets. And it's actually not true. Sometimes we don't hit our targets in launches because that's life and it's normal and we learn from it. And so I want you to know, in case you have ever not hit your target in a launch, I also have not hit my target in a launch and I didn't this time. So we got 231 members in which means we were down by 19 members at the end of the launch. It has been a while, it's been probably 
a year and a half since I haven't hit a launch target. So we made sure we really evaluated what could have gone better to teach ourselves, but also to teach you guys um, what we would have done differently so that we will hit targets next time if we decide to do a festival. I think one of the reasons is we do challenges a lot and we know that challenges work for us. We know how to do a challenge really well. It's our favorite kind of thing to do. We have done other things like boot camps. We've done pay to stay, all of those kind of things. But actually, challenges work really well for us. So we tend to stick to them because we know they work. And doing a festival was a bit of a risk because we'd never done it before. We didn't know whether it would work with our audience. So I wouldn't say it didn't work. 231 out of the 250 that we wanted without affiliates and without ads, that's pretty good, I'd say. But we were down on target. So let's talk about what didn't work first. There was definitely some confusion about who the membership was for. Men could join, but they didn't know they could. (laughs) Even though I felt like we were talking about it a lot, we talked about it to the members a lot anyway. And we'd put on the sales page that it was for anybody. And and in my launch emails, we'd put it was for anybody. But because it's been five years where men couldn't join. It just didn't, they just didn't even think about it because they assumed it was just for women. So they didn't even read anything or listen to anything about it because my clients who are men, of which there are many in in one-to-many and in my mastermind and in one-to-ones with me, I have a lot of men, clients, but because they'd always seen my membership is for women only, they sort of skim past it and they don't read anything about it. So they didn't even look at the festival. And they told me that, that they just didn't know. So it just goes to show you can't talk about it too much. I'd probably, if I went back and did it again, I would do a bigger drive on men can now join and and like do maybe some fun things around that rather than just saying it a few times, which is what I ended up doing. So that's the first thing. So although we said men can join, I think we had five, five or six men join, which wasn't lots. Um, the rest were women. The second thing, and this is the biggest thing that went wrong that I wouldn't do again, we used StreamYard into the pop-up Facebook group. We have never done that before. We always just go live into a Facebook group, just me live. If somebody else is training in there, they'll just go live. This time we decided to use StreamYard so we could use the branding and so that we could both be on at the same time and kind of do a little interviewee type style on some of the things. It massively hampered our reach. I didn't know that StreamYard did that. I've since found out through many Facebook groups that because Facebook sees StreamYard as a third party, it doesn't count it how it would count you just going live. And when I go live, I get such good reach. But because of this, it just Facebook didn't notify anybody. We're used to going live and getting really great reach, but using a third party meant we just people weren't notified at all. Not only were they not notified, People sought out the lives and Facebook didn't even show them it. People coming on saying, I'm waiting for the two o'clock, but I can't see you anywhere. And it was hiding the actual video on StreamYard from people looking for it, which was a nightmare because people, we were on, but they couldn't see it. So on one live, we had hundreds of people. And then on another live, we would have six views out of 1,700 people in the group, which if I have 1,700 people in a group normally, I will definitely get, you know, two to 300 plus people on. So next time, how, if I had to use StreamYard, 
I would do everything in my power not to. First off, I would find a different way. But if I had to use StreamYard, I would actually email a replay of every single session after the session to anybody that signed up for it. Because people were like, we really wanted to watch that one. And we couldn't see it. Whatever we did, it wasn't coming up for us. And there was nothing we could really do. So, you know, we were sending people links to it and that kind of thing. But that was taking so much effort. So they were the things that didn't work. I think we would have got more people in, had more people watched the festival. Because you know what it's like. You need eyes on you when you're launching something. So if you're doing a festival and people aren't looking at anything in there, then they don't even know to buy. So that was the hardest thing. So the good thing is some things really worked well. It ended up, without us really wanting it to be it ended up being an email launch so you can kind of forget the festival because no one really joined because of it but our emails worked really really well we sent an email out every single day and after every single email that was sent we saw a flurry of new members within 10 minutes so we could tell really clearly that the emails were the thing that was selling it people all wrote back to the emails which we do get people writing back to us on our Friday email. We don't get people writing back to our sales emails. You know, it's not something, except to say, please unsubscribe me and stop selling to me. It's not something that we generally get. So that was really nice that people were writing back. So what do I think the difference was between these emails and the normal emails we send? Well, I wrote, I didn't use copywriter. I wrote every single one of these launch emails myself because, because it was new because this whole, you know, membership was really about connecting with people. I wanted to really connect on a personal, deeper level with my audience. So I wrote them all. I sat down over two 12-hour flights and I really thought about what I wanted to say to people and what it meant to me to have this membership and how I wanted to help people. And I think that that's why it worked. I think I just connected in a different way with people than I normally do because I cared about it so much. So yeah, the emails were brilliant. It, there was not one single email that was sent that didn't have a massive effect on people joining. I think had we not done those emails, we wouldn't have had anywhere near 231 people join because not enough people saw it in the festival for that to happen. And people worry about sending too, too many emails, but you really can't worry about it because if people aren't gonna like it, if they don't like you sending emails for a week during a launch and they get annoyed at that or they unsubscribe, they're not really your ideal client because they would want to hear about the things you're selling. So I think it's absolutely okay to kind of send as many emails as you want for the week you're doing it, especially when you're giving free value the rest of the time. If you're giving free value the rest of the time, then why shouldn't you have a week where you can sell as much as you want? People can always just delete those emails. So, sell, you know, keep talking about it. If we had sent double the amount of emails, I think we would have had double the amount of sales because every email was bringing in more people. So what else worked? Behind the scenes worked well. People want to see what they get. So we did things like we showed the quiz, we showed the trainings. We actually did like a, we'll take you inside the training to see what it looks like, like a little tour of the training. And we did that and that worked really well. People really enjoyed seeing the trainings that were in there already. I know that when some memberships start, there's nothing in there, so there's nothing to show. But now that we've had ours for so many years, there's over 70 trainings in there by some of the biggest names in the online business world. So 
it was great to be able to show those, show that when you first go in, we had a quiz, for instance. So we realized that when people come into memberships, what generally happens is they get overwhelmed because there's too many trainings in there. So what we did is we'd had a quiz built for us where when people first go into the membership, they answer a few questions and the quiz tells them the videos that are the good ones to watch that would be relevant to them. So when we did this tour, we could show people like this is where you do the quiz and this will tell you what videos to watch. And it made it more exciting for people to see what was in there. So that worked really well. What else worked? Having amazing members already who shared about the festival everywhere. And every time I wrote a post about that the membership was open, they all went onto it saying they loved the membership. Like, I still believe that you can, there's nothing better in any of your marketing than a loyal client base. People that already love the things that you do and will put themselves out to just help you out, just to write a post saying how much they liked it. We had everybody sharing that they were part of the membership, which was lovely. And they, you know, that isn't something that they have to do, but they they do it because it's helped them and they want it to help others as well. And I just think I have the best audience. Like I really do. I have the best client base because they're always so helpful with things like that. They're really loyal and um, it makes a massive difference. So they were the good and the bad. Really. I just wanted to do this podcast to show you that there really is no such thing as failure when it comes to launches. You can see from this that things change all the time. And some things will work and some things won't work. So you just tweak the things that you've done to make them better next time. If I was one of those people that believed in failure, I would do this. I didn't hit my target and I wouldn't launch again, which that's never going to happen. All I do is think, right, what are the things I need to do differently next time? I won't use StreamYard. I'll do this. I'll send more emails. And I work out what's going to make it work better based on what I've learned from this launch. And I do that to every single launch. And everyone can do that. And, you know, Launches do change all the time. What, ha- what worked last year won't work this year. What works this year won't work next year. It changes all the time. And I'm going to tell you all about those changes as part of my Race to Recurring Revenue Challenge this year. I do this every year. It's my annual challenge, which people love because they get results just from the free challenge. So everyone always comes back into it, even though they've done it before. So it's bigger every year. It starts on the 21st of March and it will be in a pop-up group. But you can sign up in the link in the show notes or just go to my Instagram or Facebook. You'll see it everywhere. My Instagram is Lisa Johnson Strategist and you'll be able to sign up there as well. Um, But we have a real good laugh with it. It's a four day free challenge where I get everybody thinking about making recurring revenue. What kind of launches are working at the moment? What kind of freebies do well? You know, your knowledge is not common knowledge. It's a quote that I continuously say and I truly believe that you all have something that you can sell. There is something in all of you that could be making passive income. And that's what Race to Recurring Revenue, the free challenge is all about. So I'm excited to do it this year. It's been nine months coming because it's been such a long gap since our last one. It's the challenge that opens into my program, which is called One to Many, which is all about making money from courses and memberships and group programs and that kind of thing so but even if you're not interested in one to many come and join the challenge because we do have we do have a lot of fun in there and we have a lot of prizes in there as well and it's the the one that every year people continuously write to me about and tell me they're still making money from like a year later even though it's free so it's worth coming on to it so go and sign up in the show notes and I will be back next week next week I want to talk to you it's gonna be another solo episode because I really want to talk to you about 
why it's really important that you have a multi-layered business model rather than just doing one thing. Um, it's something I've been hearing a lot about lately, hearing people saying, oh, no, you should do it this way or this way. And actually, the reason that we've been able to make multi-seven figures every year is because of the multi-layered approach. So I will talk to you about that next week. And until then, have an amazing time, whatever you are doing. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.